You are tuned in to Awaken Radio with Connie Chapman. To listen to more episodes, go to ConnieChapman.com or subscribe on iTunes. Hi, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Awaken Radio. I hope your 2021 so far is off to a wonderful start. I have to say I'm really actually enjoying the energy of this year. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling inspired and creative and I'm in my creative flow, really enjoying sharing my messages and my content with you all and bringing you more consistent Awaken Radio episodes. That really is my intention for this year. So I hope you're enjoying what I'm sharing with you so far. Okay, on the show today, I'm going to be sharing with you six rituals and practices that you can work with in 2021 to nurture and take care of yourself, connect in with yourself, and support yourself as you move through the year. Personally, for me, working with regular practices and rituals like this is the cornerstone of my self-care and forms a really important part of the foundation of my mental health and emotional well-being. The practices that I'm going to share with you today are ones that I personally work with and find so much value in, and these are the ones that I've really chosen to focus on in 2021. Some of the practices I'm going to talk about, you may have already heard me share about because I have been working with them for years and then others of them are more new and recent additions for me. But I really want to share them with you to inspire you perhaps in creating your own practices and rituals to support you through 2021. Now, I know in this world of wellness with everything online and all of the tools and practices and things that people recommend, it can be easy to feel like you should be doing all of the things. Or if you see a practice that works for someone else, or if you see someone else doing it, you might feel like you should do it too. But we never want our self-care rituals or practices to be based on a should or keeping up with someone else or following someone else's model of health and wellness. The practices that you choose to work with need to be guided and driven by your inner self, your inner needs and what you're most wanting and craving. So before you choose to take on any practice, really tune into yourself and ask if this is something that would truly serve you, support you, nourish you and meet a need within you. Or if it's just something that you're taking on because you think you should or because you've seen it work for other people. So with each of the practices I share today, just listen into yourself, feel through it and notice if you feel a pull of inspiration or a desire or an excitement to work with them. And if you don't, it's fine to leave it. You definitely don't have to take on everything that I'm going to be sharing with you today. These are just suggestions on practices that I personally love. So feel free to take from this episode what resonates and then leave the rest. The other thing I quickly want to mention before I share these six practices with you is that for me personally, with my practices this year, one of the things I'm really focusing on is how I can nurture and support both my inner feminine and inner masculine energy. 
And I briefly touched on this in my last episode, 103, how the integration of my inner masculine and my inner feminine feels really important to me this year. I feel like I need practices that both awaken and enliven my feminine and nurture her and connect me to her and help me feel pleasure in my body and let my energy and emotions move. But I'm also really craving and needing masculine practices or practices that help cultivate my inner masculine energy that bring in structure and routine and grounding and consistency. And if you're a woman like me who has felt a calling to more deeply embody your feminine, the danger of the trap we can sometimes fall into is actually becoming too feminine which means we can then find it hard to move forward into action, make commitments, get into the detail of things, create plans and goals, and stay in integrity with what we say we're going to do and truly show up for ourselves and what's important to us. Now, when I refer to feminine and masculine energy through this episode, I'm not referring to gender. So feminine does not mean woman and masculine does not mean man. We all have both feminine and masculine energy within us. And each of these energies has different qualities. And it's the qualities of the energy that I'm referring to through this episode. So when you hear me talk about feminine and masculine, think about it less in terms of gender and more just as different qualities of energy that we all have within us that we can draw on. So I'm not going to go too in depth on this today, but with each of the practices I share with you, I'm also just going to touch on how they can support each or both of your inner feminine and masculine energies within you. And this is not something you have to necessarily be super mindful of when you work with them. It's just something that I'm really working with personally this year. Okay, so let's dive on into these six practices and rituals. The first practice I'm going to dive into is a morning ritual. And I have spoken about morning rituals on the podcast before in episode 83. And also on my Instagram, I have an IGTV talking about a feminine morning ritual that I like to practice that is quite reflective of what my morning ritual looks like these days. Now, the reason I love morning practices is because without them, we can very easily wake up and run through our day unconsciously on total autopilot. Many of us have lives that are built around giving to others, doing things for others and showing up for external commitments. So a morning ritual is this precious pocket of time for yourself before your day begins. One of the key things I often talk about with creating a morning practice is first deciding on why you want to create this practice for yourself. Once you identify your intention for the practice and you really uncover your why, it is really going to help guide what practices you choose to include in that morning time and how you're going to use that time for yourself. So really think about why do you want to bring on a morning ritual or a morning practice if you are wanting to bring one on? How do you want it to make you feel? Why does it feel important for you or necessary for you at the moment? 
So you want to uncover your personal why for your morning practice as, as I said before, it will really guide how you spend that time. For example, if you want to feel really calm and grounded as a result of doing your morning practice, you will choose practices that help you feel that way like a soothing, calming meditation, listening to some beautiful soft music, or maybe a really gentle, intuitive yoga flow. Or if your intention is to connect with your body, you'll use practices that really bring you out of your mind and into your body. Or if your intention is to show love and care for yourself, you'll really think about practices that make you feel that way. Or if you want to come out of your morning practice feeling energized and excited about the day and in a really positive mindset, you might focus on things that have a lot of movement and energy to them like a run or a power walk outside and you might listen to really upbeat music or an inspiring podcast or audio book that gets you in a great mood. And this has been my experience with my morning practice because over the years, my why for that practice has changed. My intention for that practice has changed and therefore the practice itself has evolved and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I think when I very first started my morning practice, my intention was really to tune into myself and my inner voice. I would often journal a lot and I'd want to bring out a lot of guidance, a lot of insight and clarity for myself. So I would journal a lot and meditate and pull oracle cards. And then more recently, my practice evolved and I decided I wanted to use this time to connect with my body. I wanted to come out of my morning practice feeling soft and open and really in my body. And so I started to focus a lot more on beautiful intuitive movement, on dance, on heart-based meditations, and on also like little morning workouts as that really brings me into my body as well. But as my why and intention changed, so did my practice. And you know what? Each day, your morning practice may look different. It may change and evolve, particularly if you're building it based on what you really need. Because every day, you may feel different, you may want different things, and you may need different things. And that self-nurturing may look different every day as well. So this is where we bring in the feminine masculine principles a little bit. The masculine side of it is the commitment. It's the time and space container that you set for yourself. It's the structure around the practice where you say, I'm going to do it every morning for 15 minutes or three days a week for half an hour, or I'm going to do it at 9 a.m. every day or 6 a.m. every day, whatever it is. It doesn't have to be that rigid. But when we bring in that masculine side, that's us setting the commitment and the container, the time and space and the place for the practice. But the feminine is the energy. She's the feeling and the movement. She is what unfolds in that space that's been set. Now, particularly if you're tuning into your feelings and your feminine and your energy, That's going to look different every single day. So it's totally okay if your practice evolves and shifts and changes every day. But it's also really beautiful just to set the commitment that you are going to do something every day, even if it's only for five minutes. So I really encourage you with a morning practice to tune into yourself each day. Ask yourself, how am I feeling? What am I needing? Where am I at in my cycle? 
Do I feel like I need to be nurtured and taken care of? Do I feel like I need to shift some stagnant energy? Do I feel like I need to align myself with what I'm wanting to create in my day? Do I feel like I need to get out of my head and into my body today? Whatever is unfolding in you will help determine how you spend that time. The second practice I want to dive into is embodiment and working with embodiment-based practices. And this is primarily one for the women. For a lot of us women, we have an interesting and at times really challenging relationship with our body. And it can be really difficult for us to get out of our head and into our body, or we can feel some discomfort or resistance or judgment around our body as well. And a lot of the time, the way that we look at our body is we somewhat externalize it. It's almost like we're up in our heads looking at our body as this object or this thing, this thing that is sort of separate to us. And it can feel like something that we're always trying to get in control of because a lot of us can feel really out of control around our body. Sometimes our body can feel like a source of stress, it can feel like a burden, and it can bring up a lot of negative emotion depending on what your relationship is like with it. And this is why embodiment practices are so beautiful for healing our relationship with our body. And it's a really beautiful one for women to take on. When we stop being so in our head and looking at our body as this thing that we judge, and we instead learn how to actually drop into the body, fully inhabit it and actually become one with it like fully come into union with our body. And from this place, so much healing happens. When you truly drop in and inhabit your body, it becomes a really safe and comforting and grounding place to be. Now, the challenge for many of us around coming into our body is twofold. One is that we often have a very noisy mind and it can be difficult to turn that mind off to drop into the body. And the second is that sometimes when you do really start to connect with your body, you'll start to feel a lot more and you might notice you're feeling things that you don't really want to feel that are uncomfortable, there might be unresolved emotion there or anxiety, there might be tension or physical discomfort in your body, or you might just notice a lot of stuff rising and coming up inside of you that you've been trying to avoid. So when we work with embodiment-based practices, the most important thing is our willingness to feel. If you wanna come into the body, you have to start being more willing to feel. And that means feeling everything, the tension, the closure, the heaviness, the emotion, whether it's sadness or grief or anger, whatever it is that is present in your body, to be willing to feel and open up and welcome it all. And I've noticed this so much through working with embodiment practices that truly the only way to soften and open into that beautiful, delicious feeling of fully inhabiting your body is sometimes having to get through some type of discomfort or resistance, because that's usually what's stopping us fully getting in there. So what does an embodiment practice look like? Well, there's no right or wrong. There's no rules whatsoever. I actually just posted a reel, my very first reel on Instagram, sharing an example of one of my favorite feminine embodiment practices. So you can go and check that out and I will link in the show notes to that. 
But really what you want to work with is bringing your awareness out of your mind and your thinking and more into your feeling, more into your body's sensations. And a beautiful way to do this is just work more deeply with your senses as a starting point, your sight, sound, taste, touch and smell. So anytime you're experiencing the world through your senses and through your body, you're more deeply connecting with your body's experience. Now, you can just let that happen on autopilot or you can really slow down and actually savor all of your senses as you're experiencing them. I like to surround myself with uh, sensory activation as much as I can. So I'll very often have music playing or essential oils diffusing. I have my favorite drinks that I like to drink, which really bring me into a beautiful state. I have flowers on my desk. I like to wear certain clothing that's very comfortable and it's important that I'm comfortable where I'm sitting when I'm working. I like dim lighting. I don't like it too bright. I have all these little ways that I like my senses to feel to bring me pleasure. And I just am making sure I've always got things around me that are activating my senses because it helps activate my body's experience. But taking this on as a practice, and this can be something you can actually include into your morning ritual if you want to bring them together, it might look like dancing to music, stretching through your body, like just a gentle yoga flow or just intuitive movement where, you know, in my reel, you saw me, I was on my hands and knees, just like intuitively stretching through my body to music. It might be some form of body massage, which you can either go and book yourself in for a massage or do for yourself just to really connect with your body through touch. A nice body scan meditation where you actually close your eyes and scan through all of your body with your awareness from the tip of your toes to the top of your head. Deep breathing into your belly. Breast massage is a beautiful one. That's a really nice practice for the women. Having a bath can be really nice because it's really activating that that feeling sense in your body from the water. So that can really bring you in. Taking off your shoes, walking barefoot on the floor, on the grass, in the sand. Self-pleasure, having a big cry, letting emotion move through you. These are all beautiful practices, even a workout. I find a workout is actually really good for bringing me out of my head and into my body. So I want you to think about any time that you remember feeling really connected to your body, where your mind was really calm and spacious because you'd really dropped into your body. And just remember that feeling of oneness with your body. You might have felt it after a really beautiful sexual experience, or I often think of it as that feeling in Shavasana that we have after a really beautiful yoga class where you're lying there on your back in that surrendered position, so calm and so connected to yourself. In that moment, you're not judging your body, you're not beating up on it, you're not in a critical mind at all. You feel one with it. You feel soft, you feel open, you feel relaxed. That's a beautiful example of what it feels like to be embodied. My third practice for you is meditation. So while embodiment really works on tapping us into our feminine, our movement, our feelings and our energy, meditation is a beautiful practice to actually cultivate our inner masculine qualities, which is all about stillness, consciousness, 
being grounded, being the witness and creating inner clarity and having a stable, clear inner world. I find that if I focus too much on feminine practice and I don't also have grounding, anchoring and centering practices, I can get really lost in my feminine energy. So meditation is a really beautiful anchor for the feminine. And I want you to think of this like a tree. Let's use the analogy of a tree. So the leaves and the branches, potentially the flowers of the tree, are like the feminine. They are free. They are flowing and dancing in the wind. They're ever changing. They're changing colors and leaves are falling off and then rebirthing. And the tree trunk and the roots of the tree are the masculine. They are the strong, solid anchoring force. Now, without the leaves and the branches and the flowers, there would be no beauty and no energy to the tree. But without the trunk and the roots, the branches and the leaves would just be blowing everywhere, floating away, being scattered all over the ground. Now, I know a lot of people feel some level of resistance to meditation, and I completely get it. And if that's the case, this is something I'm witnessing in myself. It could be that your inner feminine or that movement and energy is resisting the discipline and the commitment and the stillness of the masculine. So this might be something you really need to cultivate and work on to develop both parts of yourself. With meditation, start small. Don't have big expectations. Don't put any pressure on yourself. As a starting point, it's really about building the habit of the practice rather than being a perfect meditator. When I very first started meditating, it was all about just sitting for five minutes. I put a timer on my phone for five minutes and I would just sit still. And usually my mind was running off with thoughts the whole time and that was okay. As long as I sat and I did my five minutes, I ticked off meditation off my list and you know what? I focused just building that habit initially and then over time, the actual practice of it got better. And I got so much better at actually being able to sit and have my mind really calm down. A lot of people also find it really hard just to sit in silence. So you can play some beautiful music. I have a playlist called Slow Down and Tune In on Spotify, which has some really beautiful calming meditation music. Or you can follow along with a guided meditation or an app. Insight Timer is an app that has some beautiful meditations. Or you can use something like Headspace, which is what my boyfriend uses. And he just sets the timer, does his daily practice, and he finds that really easy. Like I said, focus on just building the habit of it. It's a really beautiful grounding practice for the feminine. If you're ever feeling ungrounded, all up in your head, or your energy is really unsettled, Meditation is a beautiful way to reground yourself. Drop all the pressure, drop all the expectations, just start with five minutes a day, get used to it, and then you'll build the habit up over time. Okay, my next practice for you is a really beautiful one, and this one is called self-soothing. And this practice is really about fully honoring your emotions and your feelings, holding space for yourself, and knowing how to soothe and support yourself when you feel triggered or emotional or even when there's 
stuff playing out inside of you, negative self-talk or judgment or fear. This is a practice I'm going to be working with a lot this year and I really want to encourage you to bring it on too. It's not something you need to do every day. It's just something you do for yourself when you've got some emotion or triggers coming up. So what this practice means is that in those times where you're feeling emotional or you're pissed off or you're upset or you're hurt or you're triggered or someone's done something that has created an emotional reaction in you, you sit down with yourself to practice self-soothing. You sit down with yourself to be like your own best friend, your own coach or healer And you sit and you be with what is present and rising within you. And the way that I like to do this is I like to set myself up in a nice, quiet, safe space if I can, if I can just find a place for myself. And I'll sit down and I'll put my hand on my heart and I'll close my eyes. And I'll just ask myself, Connie, what's going on? What's going on? What are you feeling? What are you thinking? What's going on, honey? what's going on inside of you and that's just my permission slip just to tune in to the feeling because so often when we are feeling things we immediately disassociate we immediately disconnect we immediately want to numb out and avoid it and this is the opposite practice this is actually tuning in deeper to what's rising So you sit with yourself the way you would if you were sitting down to listen to a best friend and you ask yourself, what's going on for me? What's present for me? And I actually like to talk it out loud with myself. It's really helpful for me just to unpack it, to talk out loud. You can also do it in your journal and just give a voice to what's going on inside of me. And then I tune into my body and I notice where I'm feeling the emotion. And you might notice as you start to tune in, you get emotional and emotion wants to move through you and out of you. And if that's the case, you let that happen. You let that move through you. And you just be there with yourself, for yourself, honoring what's rising, witnessing what's present and feeling it and being with it. And when I say holding space for it, it just means being present with it. Anyone who holds space for you is just that person who's willing to sit there with you and be present and listen. And so that's all it is that you're doing for yourself. And then the self-soothing part is, can you bring in some reassuring, loving, calming or positive self-talk to help soothe and support yourself through what's rising? What do you most need to hear? What do you most need to know that will make you feel safe and calm? So you do that practice for yourself. One of the reasons this is really on my list for 2021 is because I noticed that when I was single and when I was living by myself, it was much easier for me to self-soothe. I was often spending a lot of time alone, so I was really aware of everything that was going on inside of me. And when I would notice something rising, I would just sit with myself and process it. However, coming into a relationship and now living with my partner, what I've noticed is I'm tending to go to him to process out what I'm feeling rather than doing it by myself. And there's nothing wrong with this, but I've just noticed I'm tending to default to him rather than doing it for me. 
we got into a bit of a habit of this because we both work from home. So we're around each other all the time. And my partner's very attentive. He can just pick up on changes in my mood. He can notice if I'm feeling a bit off or if I'm worried about something. And so, you know, in the caring way that he does, he'll just say, what's going on? Are you upset about something? What's on your mind? Do you want to talk about it? And then I just start getting into the process of talking it out with him. And the problem with this sometimes is that I'm finding I'm talking about things too prematurely before I've had a chance to process them. Sometimes I'm finding he's wanting to go straight into fixing mode and wanting to give me a solution when that's not what I'm looking for at all. Or sometimes what I'm feeling is around him and I'm actually needing more time to process it before I'm ready to talk to him about it. And so instead, my practice moving forward, and I don't need to do this every time, but it might be if he asks me how I am, I can just be honest and say, you know what, I've got a bit of stuff on my mind. I'm feeling a little bit frustrated. I'm feeling a little bit overwhelmed. And I'm just going to take some time with myself to process it a bit and work through it. And if it's all right with you, I'll come and talk to you about it once I've had a little bit of time to process it myself. And usually nine times out of 10, 10 times out of 10, actually, he's totally fine with that. It's actually a really beautiful thing to do in your relationships because it's you taking responsibility for your feelings, for your triggers, for your own inner processes and not putting the power or expectation in someone else to help you resolve that or help alleviate that for you. It's an incredibly empowering and sovereign practice and a very self-loving practice to do for yourself. So Keep this in mind moving forward through the year. It's a big one that has really served me over the years to unpack what is coming up for me, to feel it, to process it out loud or in my journal, to make sense of it and actually resolve it within myself. And then you can go to your partner or in your relationships and then from a more neutral, calm space, you can express and share what it was you were working through without all of that emotional charge around it. The other beautiful thing I just want to mention is that this practice really integrates both your masculine and feminine because the feminine is the emotion or the feeling, the energy that's moving through you and the masculine is the witness it's the presence, it's the stillness in the space holder. So you actually get to play both roles for yourself in that moment, which is so beautiful. You're drawing on your inner masculine presence and consciousness to witness and pay attention to your feminine emotion and energy and to give her room to move through that. It's incredibly beautiful and a very self-loving thing to do for yourself. Okay, my second last practice for you is journaling. And I've talked a lot about journaling over the years because it's been a really core part of my personal practices. I even have an ebook on it that you can find on my website if you're wanting to get started with a journaling practice. Journaling is a beautiful tool to unpack your thoughts and your feelings, to process things within yourself, to work through what's on your mind and help make sense of what's going on in your inner world. And there's so many different ways that you can use journaling and that's what I love about it. It can be like a diary process where you are documenting things and reflecting on things each day around what you're experiencing and what's unfolding in your life. 
You can use it in a self-care kind of way to check in with yourself each day. So I often encourage my clients to work with the prompts. How am I feeling and what do I need? And that can be a beautiful check-in practice you do with yourself each day in your journal, just to ask yourself, how am I feeling today and what do I need? What am I going to need through my day to support me? You can use your journaling to manifest and create what you want in your life by writing about your vision and your dreams and your goals and your intentions and describing the reality you want to live in as if it's already here. So I love to use my journal as a way to manifest, uh, to set intentions, to create a vision. So you can get really creative in there. I also love to use my journal to receive guidance and this was really where I developed a really strong connection with my intuition through writing to it in my journal and you can just pose a question and I've talked about this a lot on the podcast just pose a question and say dear intuition dear higher self spirit source god whatever word you use what guidance do you have for me? What guidance do you have for me on this particular situation? What do I need to know? Write that question and just wait and just tune in and breathe and trust. Don't censor or judge what comes out. Just begin writing and flow right and let whatever comes to mind flow out onto the page and you'll be surprised on the beautiful wisdom that comes through for you. Journaling, like all of these practices, is one that can take time to build as a habit, but the more consistently you do it, the deeper the practice goes. It's the same with all of them. The practice goes deeper and deeper and you'll gain more and more from it the more that you use it. Journaling doesn't have to be a part of your life every single day. It can be something that you just draw on when you need it, but it is a really nice one to have as part of your morning practice or as a wind down practice at the end of the day to process your thoughts and feelings, reflect over the day, maybe express some gratitude for what unfolded and complete the day before you go to sleep. Okay, my last practice for you is a weekly planning ritual. And this is something that I like to do on every Sunday. I've shared about this on my Instagram before. And, you know, this is sort of just sitting down to plan and prepare for the week ahead. But I like to make it a bit of a ritual. And why not? I think we can make anything sacred by making it a little bit special, playing some music, lighting a candle, having a cup of tea or a glass of wine, whatever you want. Make it a bit special. But I really like to do this as a practice for myself because I've noticed every time I sit down on my Sunday afternoon or evening and I plan out the week ahead, my week flows and unfolds so differently to when I don't do it. We can so often feel that time just passes by, our days pass, our weeks pass, and before we even know it, the week is over and we're like, what did I even achieve this week? But when we do this planning ritual, it really makes us feel much more in charge of our days and our time and our schedule and how everything is unfolding and what we are achieving. This practice is a little bit more of a masculine-based practice because it really sets the structure and the container and the time and space for the week so you know what's happening, when it's happening. And this is this type of clarity 
is really supportive for the feminine. The feminine within you can relax around certainty. She can relax when things feel safe and they feel clear. And when you can build out this plan, this structure, it actually really helps your inner feminine relax and flow. The feminine within us might think she likes all of this unknown and empty white space, but it can actually feel really overwhelming. It can feel really supportive for our inner feminine to have some type of direction to flow her energy into. So when you sit down on a Monday, it's really clear where your energy needs to go rather than you feeling overwhelmed on Monday morning trying to figure it out. So when I sit down on my Sunday afternoon, I get out my Google calendar and I get out my journal that I use to plan out my weeks and just write my big master to-do list. And I'll put everything in my Google calendar. I like to color code everything, my client sessions, my meetings and appointments, my pole dancing classes. It's a really good idea to put your exercise into your calendar so it's all scheduled in. Then I'll get pen to paper in my uh, notebook that I use to write my big master to-do list and I'll just write out everything that's on my mind that I'd like to achieve and get done and work through in the upcoming week. Then when I sit down on Monday, all I have to do is look at my Google calendar and look at my big master to-do list and that guides me through the whole week. This is a beautiful self-care practice. It's a really nice way to set yourself up for success in your weeks and create a lot of calmness and clarity in the week ahead. The other thing you can include in your little Sunday planning ritual is actually checking your accounts and your finances and getting really clear at the start of the week where all of your accounts are sitting. Now, this is a really nice one to do for any of you who have the tendency, and I used to be like this as well, to kind of be a bit unconscious around your money, to just be tapping your card, crossing fingers that money's going to come out or not really knowing where you're sitting with your accounts at any time. The more conscious we are around our money, the more empowered we are around our money. It's impossible for us to feel really empowered in an area of our life if we're unconscious around it and we're not willing to face it and we keep ignoring it. So if you have a funny relationship with money in your bank accounts, actually include this ritual. My relationship to money really changed when I had the courage to start looking at my accounts every week and giving gratitude for what was there and feeling really empowered around knowing where I was at. So maybe include a little checking of your accounts on a Sunday before the week starts, give gratitude for where you're at, and then you're all empowered to begin your week. So they are my six practices and rituals for you that you can take on through 2021. These are the ones that I'm going to be working with and focusing on a lot through the year to support myself and nourish myself and keep myself on track with everything that is important to me this year. If you love this episode and found it valuable, share it on your Instagram stories and tag me at Connie underscore Chapman so I can reshare you. Or send me a DM and let me know which of these practices you feel most inspired to take on. 
make sure you are subscribed to Awaken Radio on your podcast app or Spotify or SoundCloud, wherever it is that you listen to your podcasts. It really is my intention to be bringing these episodes to you much more regularly. So keep an eye out for future episodes. Thank you so much for being tuned in to today's episode of Awaken Radio. And I look forward to talking to you again next time. Thank you.